Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to this month's installment of MediVet Roundtable. Tonight's episode is especially exciting because we are joined by a couple of guests. We have Dr. Doug Johannesson from Westside Animal Hospital in Casper, Wyoming, and Dr. Jace Leinberger from Four Seasons Vet Specialists in Colorado. They've joined us tonight to talk about a really great case that they partnered on using stem cell to get Patrick the police dog back out of the force as quickly as possible. So without further ado, Dr. Doug, I'm going to let you take it away and talk about your experiences with MediVet. Mostly doing stem cell, um, we also do some, uh, some cancer immunotherapy um, cases as well. The, uh, um, to be quite honest with you, I don't remember how, we've been, we, it's been so long, I don't remember how we found you guys, Dylan, but um, um, we did, and we were interested in, in I, I part, a lot of it was that we were able to do the work in-house, um, which made it, it's something that, uh, Two things. One is it, it kind of differentiated us from all the other practices around it, you know, because you can do stem cell treatments and, you know, we used to do it with horses years ago in California, but ship it out and have everything done and sent back to you and there's a time factor and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and the, uh, um, for me anyway, I think ease of um, doing the uh, fat mesenchymal cells rather than uh, bone marrow. Um, and it's, to uh, some level, I think that's a little bit easier sell to a client too. Um, I don't think personally, I don't know that there's really, without having a bunch of literature in front of me, I don't know if there's one benefit one over the other. Some will say you get more stem cells from from uh, bone marrow. The numbers that we get um, published back from the lab are, are so high that I don't know that it's really that big a difference. But um, um the, it's there's a convenience factor of being able to do everything right there in house same day if we need to um and 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 the uh, i guess perspective of the client you know even though it's uh, can be a moderately invasive surgery to a minor abdominal surgery um you know it just seems to uh, um um be more appealing to our clients so so we've been working with them for a while um and uh I think, you know, we, we actively gone looking for a partner to work with for stem cell treatments and uh, Medivac just came highly recommended. So it worked out. Well, I'm glad it all worked out and we're certainly glad to have you on as a partner, Dr. Doug. So let's uh, kind of get into Patrick's case. If you could give us, I know, I know you kind of started out with a little bit of background, but if you could just give us a little bit more background on the case and kind of what what pointed you in the direction of trying stem cell on that particular case? Okay, so this particular um, patient is uh, uh, five. He's five plus now. Um, year old Belgian Malinois, uh, multi-use police dog. He's an apprehension and drug dog. Um, he's one of the most highly decorated officers in the history of the Casper Wyoming Police Department. So he's a pretty big deal to these guys and. Um, he had sustained a, uh, a leg injury um, on the job, and it had been pr approximately eight months or so um, before I first met him. And uh, he had two problems from it. Um, one was a hip injury, and I think a lot some of that some of that was a pre-existing 
hip dysplasia that I think had been there um, and just had been unnoticed before because he he's the kind of he's worked the whole time he had this problem he worked through it he's he's never the only time he's been off was when he was um, post-op from the procedure that we did which we'll get into in a minute but um for the stem so so, so he was um, uh, for lack of a better way to put it he was misdiagnosed the first time as just having a hip injury and so the hand and, and that there couldn't really be anything done to fix it. Okay. So the handler, um, who's, who's uh, Sergeant Seth Wheeler with the Casper police department, um, he came to me after doing his own research in stem cell treatments online, just like we sometimes get clients that we don't like to doing this, doing this right. So he he was he's one of the good ones that did good research and decided that there might be some possibility that stem cell treatments could help him. And he found out through another uh, we we do work with uh, highway patrol dogs as well. So a friend of mine who's a highway patrol officer sent him to us. Um, so he came in with a fistful of research that he had done on the internet and asked if it was something that could be done. And I said sure, you know let's look at him and fix it. Um, he brought Patrick in and, and, uh, um, we watched him, you know, watched him walk and he had the strangest gait. It was not a hip problem. He had this unusual, um, circumduction to his gait. So I knew there was something else going on besides a hip injury. So that's when I usually go, okay, let me call surgeon. So I took some, uh, I took some videos and that's how, um, Dr. Leinberger, got involved. I sent them to him. We do a lot of other work together, um, you know, mostly orthopedics, but um, he, he can take, he can maybe talk about this part. I sent him the video and he immediately knew what the problem was. Yeah. So you so, want to, you want to, you want to explain Jace what was going on with him? Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll say a few words here as far as, yeah, so when Doug sent me the video on this guy, you know, like he said, it is one of those things that I, you know, kind of knew immediately what it was and, and you know, not saying that uh, braggishly or, you know, boasting. Uh, the reason why I knew it was it is something that I had uh, missed on a board exam. And so it's, it's one of those things you learn from your, from your failures more than you learn from your successes. And so, uh, you know, when I saw that characteristic gate, I'm like, I bet you, you know, Patrick has some, some form, some degree of uh, gracilis and or semitendinosis myopathy uh, and goes by different words as far as fibrotic myopathy or, or gracilis semitendinosis contracture. But, uh, you know, when I saw that, I said, I, you know, I think that's probably what's going on. And so I, uh, you know, I, reached out to Doug and we were discussing things and had him uh, again because we're down in Colorado and he's up in Casper and so we were doing part of this over the phone and, and through videos and things and uh, had Doug as far as kind of uh, checked a few things uh, on physical exam and and sure enough confirmed as far as that Patrick had this uh, severe fibrous tissue fibrous band on the the inside of, of his left pelvic limb and uh you know and also from radiographs that he had attained also we did see in, uh, the characteristic signs of the hip dysplasia maybe moderate hip dysplasia uh 
and primarily that was, if I'm not mistake, mistaken, in his right hip, Doug? Yeah, and the injury was in his left leg. And um, we can get into <laughs> how he injured it. You know, it's a pretty – It's a, it's a, it's, for, I learned this. I didn't know this from um, a lot of the papers that we pulled up. It's a, a, a fairly common working dog injury. Um, and in his case, he had fallen from about six or eight feet um, pulling somebody out of a semi, um, the driver's seat of a semi, and the guy landed on top of him, and he had a bad contusion, and, and uh, um, he landed on his hip, and, and, and I think the person, if I remember from the video, this is actually on videotape, um, the person's knee or elbow or, or something went into his leg. And from the literature that we read, the injury is it, it, common, but it's something that to get the most benefit out of repairing it has to be done within, like, remind me, Jace, was it four days or four uh, four weeks of the injury? It was it's, something, but you had that, you, you, it was very acute. You had to hit it really quick. Yeah, and that's that's the tough part with this particular type of injury as far as it's it's better to treat it acutely before you you get the kind of the replacement of the muscle and tendon with the fibrotic tissue and the tough part is knowing that that injury is there you know at that acute phase you know when there's just inflammation and you know obviously by the time that Patrick had, had got to Doug you know we were months down the road from from that injury and so you know we were definitely very much behind the behind the curve when it came to trying to think that we were successfully going to treat this this injury that he had and uh, so yeah so kind of left you guys with, with very few options so how, how did you come to the conclusion that that stem cell would be the best way to treat it so um it was a combination actually of two different things that we ended up doing so uh you know we, we did a literature search and and um um um, you know, the hip part, of course, we knew what we were going to do with the hip dysplasia because we, we, I'm doing another hip dysplasia dog next week. So we do that quite a bit. And then um, um, for the muscle injury, the short story is from what we read, the, 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 the stem cells needed to be introduced during that acute phase to get the most benefit of healing the muscle. So um, we came up with the idea of re-injuring the muscle to uh, get it in a place where the stem cells could help replace those damaged uh, myocytes. And so, and then this is where, you know, working with a, a boarded surgeon comes in handy. Um, you know, uh, Dr. Leinberger knew, let's go in, let's go look at this muscle, let's, you know, dissect out this part of it, re-injure it or remove it, and then, uh, you know, surgically, and then, put it we put it back together and then we inject the stem cells when do you do that well according to what we what we dug up we decided that the best time to do it was four days after the surgery so um we did the surgery on a monday um and i believe injected stem cells on a thursday into both his hips um and into four different areas in the surgery site um and uh, remind me, Jace, you, you took about two inches of gracilis muscle fibrosis out of there. Is that about right? Yeah, yeah. And, and 
like Doug was saying, our, our kind of initial plan was that we were going to go in and, and, you know, in theory, hopefully try to re-injure this, this tissue, uh, you know, get it in that acute inflammatory phase and then introduce the, the stem cells. But by the time, again, all the kind of the red tape that we had to get through as far as because of a, a police dog and approval through, you know, all the government channels and everything. And the time that just had gone on since injury, as far as we got into surgery and it was much more advanced as far as the severity of the, the fibrosis and the gracilis and the semitendinosis. And so instead of doing some type of, uh, pattern release incisions within the, the muscle tendinous junction uh, was worried that uh, you know, that had a high rate of likelihood that it was going to fail as most cases of this nature do in, in the literature as far as very high occurrence that, that the contraction, the fibrosis would just come back. And so uh, once we got into surgery and, and realized that uh, we thought the, the best route of action is just to go in and try to take out the bulk of that fibrous tissue. And that's where, again, yeah, we took out probably about uh, three inches long by uh, an inch wide by about a half inch deep of this fibrous band uh, from the kind of medial thigh down to the, the tibia and where, where those things, those guys attach on to the medial aspect of the tibia and uh, just removed it in block. Uh, and then, uh, then I, I skipped out of town and uh, left the rest for Doug. <laughs> we, he, I harvested the stem cells while he worked on the leg. Um, and then, we, like I said, we came back four days later and did the injections. Oh. Um, and then, you know, put Patrick on restricted activity for about uh two weeks um that was pretty much the hardest the hardest sell for the police department was um part of it was you know do we want to spend money um, on a dog or do we want to buy another dog and but this this dog is so well trained and is and and, and regarded that they decided that it was worth whatever it was going to cost to fix him and then um um and we we gave him a a you know a fair prognosis of he's already working um but you know getting back to full uh full full duty with um um full function you know he was going to be somewhere maybe 70 80 percent but he's going to be uh less painful you know he this dog was super painful and uh, but he was still working every day, and he just is a kind you know they, these dogs just push through whatever they have to do, and they wanted to get a couple they wanted to get five more years out of the dog so um um we did the stem cell injections on Thursday, did the four areas around where the uh um surgery was performed did, did his hips, and then uh two weeks later he was like a puppy, so his, his gait is almost normal again and um he went from there to uh um Seth had a two week vacation, so he had four weeks off uh and we he went and did the physical therapy we went and over all of the physical therapy post op protocols with him, and he did all of that for Patrick himself at home 
and continued to do it even after he worked his way slowly back into full active duty. Um, and he's still, he's, he's, he's working today. Um, and he's more pain free than he's been in since before the injury. And some of that's due to the hips that we didn't really know were so much of a problem. Um, but his, his gait is almost normal. And uh, if you if you ask me when I look at him, I say he, we probably hit about 85%, back to 85% full function. If you ask Seth, he's as good as he's ever been. So, you know, they're super happy with the whole outcome of uh, um, the case. And, uh, you know, f- for us, it was it was fun. It was great to be able to work with the, the dogs, a very cool, interesting dog. Um, and, you know, the police officer was his handler is, is great. Um, you know, to be able to work with the police department was fun. And uh, we've gotten more, more patience in through that for other reasons. Um, and to see it, to see something that we didn't think we could fix to be able to fix it. You know, after they had been told that there was no way that they could, that the, the dog could be fixed. Um, you know, of course that's great. I mean, anytime you can do that. Yeah, that's it, 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 the whole outcome is fantastic. That, that's really awesome, Dr. Johannesson. And, and how do you, that kind of leads me into another question is how do you think that uh, treating it with stem cell compares uh, to, to treating it with any other kind of uh, modality that you may have been able to treat it with? I don't think there is another modality to be quite honest with you. I mean, you can, you know, you can treat the pain. Um, you can do massage and, and laser therapy, but that doesn't get rid of the fibrosis. You can't treat so, the you know, cause. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I mean, it, like, like we said earlier, it had already been eight months before, since the injury had happened before they, before he even walked in my front door. So, you know, the dog was in a bad, pl- in a bad place. And, and uh, even though he could get around, he couldn't get around as fast or as agile as he had been. And, and again, he was, he was painful. So, um, you know, to be able to take the pain away and to give him the agility back and the range of motion, um, was huge and you know we i i, I wasn't 100 percent sure we could fix it to be quite honest with you um sure. until in, until i got until dr leinberger got involved and you know we we bounced our heads together a little bit until we figured something out but um um i don't think there is another way to fix it and get a successful outcome and and the few papers that we did have that said hey you can do this and, and, it, sh- and it should work you know, there aren't a lot of cases out there to pull from. And they're all acute cases. The longest one was, I think, four weeks old. So, and, and that's how, you know, and, and, the, and, the, and the point that most of the papers are making was, if you don't get this, if you don't get this during the acute phase, then you're, you can't fix it. Yeah. So, you know, it was a little bit of a Hail Mary, but um, it works. Well, that, so. that, that's really exciting. So I guess you would say that, that it definitely provided Patrick with, with a better quality of life than he would have had otherwise. Absolutely. And the police department in Casper, Wyoming is all the better for it. That's right. <laughs> well, that's really great. Just for, for, some of the, for some of the vets that we have on here tonight, could, I know you kind of got into this a little bit at the beginning, but could you just speak a little more to how, how you kind of fostered that relationship with your local police department to be able to, to do some work with their service dogs? Um, so the uh, originally I had been working with uh, Highway Patrol, so the Wyoming Highway Patrol, um, and there are, there are only two working police dogs in Casper. 
Um, there's only 10 working highway patrol dogs in the whole state. Um, and we have, we, we take care of, uh, um, so we have, of course, Patrick's with the Casper PD. Um, I have a patient, that, well, there's only one dog, but the next town over is a little town called Glen Rock, and they have a Belgian Malinois multi-use dog. Um, we take care of her, um, and she started coming to her, to us, after we started working with Patrick. Um, and before Patrick, the, our local highway patrol dog is a drug-sniffing dog, um, another Belgian Malinois. And I got him because when the handler got, or I got her as a patient because when the handler got her, the person that they get their dogs from train and train helps train them and their dogs is somebody in California. And I can't remember who it is, but um, he, he says, you know, find a good veterinarian and find somebody that will work with you, you know, kind of out of the box. So if you need something in the middle of the night or you're out in the middle of nowhere, you know, you can, you can get what you need. So um, he called me and I talked to him and I said, yeah, sure. I gave him my cell phone number and I said, if you ever have problems, call me. You know, don't call through the ER line because it's just, just let's just go around all the red tape of our ER line and after hour stuff and just call myself up and, um, you know, work, work out whatever we have to do. And their biggest concern is always um, fentanyl overdoses. So, you know, I care. I, this is before they started carrying fentanyl and intranasal fentanyl on, their, on themselves um, a couple of years back. So I would keep it with me and the police department, highway patrol and sheriff all knew that I had drugs on my, on my person all the time and in my car or wherever, um, because we don't do mobile ambul ambulatory, uh, large animal work. So we don't have a truck. So I would just keep it on me. And, um, if he needed something, you know, he would say, Hey, here I am. Here's where I am. I'm going to turn my lights on. I'm going to start coming to you. You start coming to me and we'll just get together as fast as we can and we'll fix whatever the problem is. So they encourage them to look for a veterinarian that's willing to do that. Um, so then we started doing once a year when they, they're, they're, in, they're in town for training a lot and they train with the police department a lot. So uh, when they have trainings, I'll go in for an hour just to do like a Q&A, first aid, working dog type of uh, class or training for them. Um, so because of that, anytime they have something that they need, you know, they come to us. Well, that's, that's obviously a really great relationship to have. Um, Dr. Doug, if, if you would, uh, could you speak to some of the other stem cell cases that you've had, some, some, uh, any other interesting ones that, that you've worked with us on in the past couple of years that anything come to mind? Yeah, the last, um, well, next week, um, I'm doing, uh, um, 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 I can't think of what kind of dog she is off the top of my head. Uh, she is a, not a Mastiff, and I apologize, but she's a giant breed dog with hip dysplasia. And so hip, hip, hip cases are, are a lot of what we do. Um, it's pretty straightforward. She's got bad hip dysplasia um, and uh, is, is young, only about four years old. So, you know, we're going to collect the, the stem cells and um, inject, and they're going to bank with you guys next week. So we don't have, we have, we have all that set up with you guys already. I don't know if you know about that, Dylan, but it's all taken care of. <laughs> yes. And, and then the, the most recent one um, was a, a second injection on an older 12-year-old golden that's got two bad knees. Um, they're not, they're, they're mostly arthritic. They're not, you know, we always... There's always the, the challenge in the beginning of, is this knee 
um, something that we can fix with stem cells or is it so bad that it needs to go to surgery? And initially I did everything with stem cells. Didn't matter what the knee sounded like or looked like or how lame the dog was, we treated with stem cells. And I found that there are, every now and then you will find one that needs, needs a TPLO. It's not that the stem cells don't help it tremendously, but they don't get it back to where they would be with surgery. So, and that's, that's one of the, that's one of the uh, ways that Dr. Leinberger and I got connected. There are no specialists in Wyoming. Um, these guys are three hours down the road, three and a half hours down the road, but they're the closest ones that we have. So um, for all kinds of things, we've worked with them since they opened about four or five years ago. And uh, so we do a lot of knees. Um, there are some that we send us that we have do surgically. Um, I do, I've done in the last year, two carpal patients, two bad carpuses, um, just crunchy bad arthritis. Um, and it's helped them tremendously. One of them is so bad that we, in addition to the stem cells, we do, uh, um, he's in a pair of hero braces. Um, and we do regular, well, I don't want to say regular, maybe every six months he gets PRP injections. So we do that too. Um, we do a lot of PRP injections for painful joints and we get great results with that as well. So that's the most of what we do. We haven't, we haven't stepped outside of that orthopedic stuff a lot. Um, we do see a lot of derm problems go away, you know, for a good while after we do the stem cell treatments, um, anecdotally, but, uh, um, pretty much, you know, it's, it's the first thing we look for when we have an orthopedic problem, you know, is this something that we can, we can benefit from, um, <clears throat> injections or stem cell injections. Sure. Sure. So, uh, at this time, I just want to kind of open it up to a, to the Q and a for everybody. If you have a, if you have a question for, for Dr. Johanneson, Dr. Leinberger, uh, we also have uh, Dr. Snyder here on the call with us, as always. So if anybody has any questions, uh, you can type them into the chat or uh, make sure you take yourself off mute and uh, just, uh, just give us a holler. Looking forward to hearing from you guys. Uh, yes, I have a question. Uh, Malcolm Ware here. Um, I'm sorry, I missed the very first part of the conversation. I was just curious with Patrick. Um, how long is it now post the stem cell therapy? So he had, I was just looking it up in case Doug doesn't know uh, right offhand, but I was just looking it up. We did surgery the, the day after 4th of July. So July 5th of last year. So he would have had stem cells four days later. So July 9th uh, is where he's, uh, where he's sitting at now of last okay. year. Okay. So we're out to nine almost nine months now um, on range of motion. Do you notice any stiffness coming back at all? Or do you think um, that, the, that the overall elasticity of the, of the muscles good? Um, I, haven't, I haven't seen Patrick in probably eight weeks or so. Um, yeah, it's probably been about eight weeks. Last time I saw him, he looked as good as he did six months ago, um, and, and his handler says that he's doing great. So I, I haven't personally seen him uh, recently, but um, in the last two months anyway, he's been uh, as good as he was post-op. Um, now, with that said, 
he's not the kind of dog that you can just walk up to and palpate his leg. Hmm. So he wears, he wears a big leather muzzle and, uh, you know, he tries to bite you anytime you get near him. Um, so, you know, everything that we have to do outside of simple things, we have to do with him sedated. That's just his MO. That's the kind of dog he is. Um, so I haven't palpated it in a while, but he still works every day and uh, he works pain free as of um, last time I talked to Seth, which was about two weeks ago. Okay. Yeah. No, I was just wondering because I've got a client who I spoke to about this the other day and um, he's in the middle of making up his mind whether, whether he's going to go go with this procedure or not. So um, hopefully we'll have an answer from him by next week. So. Yeah, I think it, it, it came, it, it, the, the end result was a lot better than I expected to be quite honest with you. And um, it was better than, you know, we, we kind of under promised when we went into the whole thing. So you know, they didn't, they weren't expecting, they didn't, they didn't get uh, disappointed at the end. And um, I think everybody has been very happy, you know, for, for the police department, there's, it, it always boils down to a financial decision, but um, you know, the fact that he's been able to work as well or better than he had been uh, is, it was really, there it was a, a game changer for them because they thought they're going to have to retire him. Mm. Yeah, no, for sure. Thank you. Yep. Hey, Doug. This is this is Larry Larry Snyder. Uh, first, I wanted to grat- congratulate you and and Jace both. Uh, job well done on this on this uh, this dog. Um, some questions that I have for you. Number one, would you suggest to people uh, to other practitioners to to um, encourage working with their local police force or with the highway patrol? How did you? The, did you solicit your your uh, police department and uh, and the highway patrol? I know you talked a little bit uh, about it. Did you actively solicit solicit their business? Because that that uh, I did. I, I dog didn't. No. great. I didn't. They came. You know, they initially came to me. Um, like I said earlier, it was the highway patrol. They 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 just came and and I think uh, you know. Um, Officer or uh, Trooper Kirkman is a, a, a friend of mine, and if I remember correctly, um, this is his his dog has passed away a couple of years ago. Um, they were clients of ours already, and I didn't realize that he worked for the Highway Patrol, so he just brought his personal dog to us. And then when he did get when he did get um, their drug dog, um, he you know the conversation was. I'm going to need you for some kind of unusual out of the box stuff. Are you willing to do that? And I said, yes. And so part of, part of working with these dogs is um, um, uh, knowing how to handle them and knowing that you have to have a handler with them. Absolutely. Um, they, all, they all speak German and uh, um, some of them are not friendly. Some of them are super friendly. Um, and when I was a years and years ago, when I was in grad school at Clemson, um, I worked as a tech in a nearby emergency clinic. And one of the doctors there took care of all the local police dogs. And so I got a little bit of experience on how he handled them and, uh, um, you know, working with them with the handler, et cetera, et cetera. So it wasn't something that I was, when, when they said, can you do, are you willing to do this? I just said, yeah, sure. You know, I knew what I was getting Absolutely. Good. Somewhat. So. Do you cut? Do you have a special? Do you work for them at a special rate? Do you do you 
to encourage that business? Do you uh, do you do you go ahead and uh, and uh, I don't mean cut them cut them a break, but but incentivize. So 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 yes. To answer your question, uh, yes. But it's it's more for um, we we give them we give them a really good deal, and we do we do for two reasons. One is because it, they're our local police department. Absolutely, and we want to help them out okay. because they help us out. And the other is because Medivet um, works with um, t- has special pricing, I guess yeah. you'd say, for uh, working dogs. So what we did was we just took whatever savings that we got from Medivet and we had just passed along to them, um, oh, 100%. So might you know, have Dylan, that, I'd have Dylan or Josh talk a little bit about that as well. And then the my last part of the question is how did you advertise? And I don't mean advertise, but did you utilize doing this procedure to let the community know? And I, I, it's advertising, but to let the community know what what you've done with this dog? Um, to some extent, yes. And uh, part of that is is um, part of that is we don't, our my my hospital is a little bit on the smaller side, um, and we we don't really advertise at all. Um, so you know, I don't I don't spend money on anything other than my website, and you know, then whatever we do on Facebook. So um, we we pushed it out there hard, and Medivet helped us do that. Um, and you know, it's, it's not a huge town, 65,000 people in a small city. Um, so, you know, word of mouth is a big deal for us. And, uh, we've got a lot of good, um, talk, you know, through that good enough that, you know, we, again, we pulled in another client from the next neighboring town. Um, you know, we took care of their police dogs. She just spent a week with us boarding while her handler was on vacation so um that's the kind of advertising we did and again we got help from medivet to do that one of the things that uh that they did a press release in the newspaper um so there was that and medivet did that dylan i don't remember exactly who did it but i know you and 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 laura have been talking dr laura have been talking about yes something with the news media too yeah, yeah, we we've been reaching out to some local news organizations, which which we will do for for any of our partner practices. Um, unfortunately, the the Casper uh, local news organizations haven't been as responsive as as we would have hoped, but but we're still pushing for that. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like I said, small town. Um, okay. We're getting two we're getting two feet of snow right now. And we're supposed to get six inches. So, <laughs> Jason, did have. Have you used your SimCell experience to to benefit your practice as well? Yeah, definitely. As far as and, and uh, as Doug kind of iterated to, a lot of it is yeah, just uh, you know, routine arthritic joints and and such. Uh, you know, this is you know one of the first areas you know that we've somewhat stepped outside of the box. Uh, you know, with you know, dealing with this particular type of injury. Uh, yeah, so you know that's where again where we've used it the most, uh, and then the other uh, avenue where we have probably used stem cells is uh, a lot of Achilles injuries where we have core lesions and things such as that, uh, and have have been able to use stem cells in in that particular situation, and uh, you know. To, again, a combination of different things that we have to use for various patients, 
uh, Very cool. braces and things like that. But uh, definitely stem cells, you know, is uh, you know, is definitely a, a big you know kind of thing that we will we will add in there. You know, when when clients you know, agree to it and and can you can do that as well. Absolutely. You have you done have you done the combination of uh, especially you were talking about the TPLO on on some of these dogs combining stem cells or at least PRP with that. We have uh, the PRP, and I can't remember as far as had a, a client here recently that uh, you know again you know, similar to to Patrick as far as the client had you know, was interested in that partially because of uh, kind of stem cell type of research and, and things that they had personally dealt with as a human. And so they wanted uh, to see what we could do with their dog while we were doing the TPLO. And so we, you know, again, not something that I, you know, I would say I routinely do, but uh, you know, client here recently, like I said, as far as wanted us to do, you know, combination of platelet-rich plasma at the same time that we're doing our, our TPLO. And Great. so we, uh, we said, you know, yeah, it's one of those things uh, that, you know, kind of get, get benefits from both directions. Absolutely. Uh, that's a, that's a win-win for a surgeon. That's a PRP or stem cells, either one or a surgeon's friend. Yeah, it uh, definitely, it's something that's, you know, uh, minimal, you know, obviously, you know, risk with, uh, you know, compared to to other things as far as you know foreign material that we could potentially put in there and we're putting you know autologous stuff you know right back in uh and helping the you know the general health of the joint you know while we're trying to stabilize the joint and, and help it to repair uh, you know his uh, you know just uh, coming at it from you know kind of multimodal so to speak is definitely very very helpful Hey everyone, thanks for listening in to MediVet Roundtable. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button to keep up to date on all of our latest content. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MediVet Biologics. And for more testimonials or information, visit our Facebook page or go to MediVetBiologics.com.